0: You would to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew uh, chapter 22. Last week we finished up the Sermon on the Mount, and and uh, after the first, uh, we're going to start a new series on Sunday nights. But tonight I just wanted to kind of share my heart a little bit. As we are fast approaching the end of the year, I often will take time to contemplate the previous year. I, uh, I've i had a habit of the, the last several years of going out into the desert and just finding a nice quiet place and... Uh, spending time contemplating on the past year and and to me, that is a uh, it's a good thing. Um, december thirty first to me is a day uh, of contemplation. I, I spend time uh, looking at some of the things that I did wrong. Uh, and I'm by nature a fixer, so I want to fix everything that I did wrong. But then I do enjoy spending time meditating and thinking about the things that I did right. Um, because oftentimes we can, we are masters uh, at beating ourselves up for uh, things that we do wrong. And uh, oftentimes we don't give ourselves credit for the things that we do right. And if you, if you really look at it, uh, over the course of a year, most people make more right decisions than they do wrong ones. But it's the wrong decisions that we tend to focus on. So I, I purposely, at the end of the year, I try to take some time and focus on those things. In, in many ways, uh, I use uh, December 31st as a day of learning uh, if you would, uh, or a day of kind of kind of growing in wisdom, if you would. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16 says this, For a just man falls seven times and rises again, uh, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. And I, I love this verse because it is a constant reminder that a just man is going to fall. But he's going to get up and and, and try again. And so, uh, as as I close out the year, my my tendency is to to do this. But it's a great reminder that we le- we need to learn how to grow through our mistakes. January first, on the other hand, is a new beginning every year January 1st you haven't messed it up yet it's a fresh start and for me I I I, I like I like that because I, I like looking forward there's no mistakes yet it's a new year and it's an opportunity to have a positive outlook when Melanie and I were preparing to come to Fernley and start Grace Baptist Church, we we spent uh, about a year traveling around to churches, raising financial support. And in that in that years-long journey, we came across many pastors who who had planted their own churches. And I would tie, well, no, often I would every opportunity I had. I would sit down and ask a church planting pastor three questions: What did you do right? What did you do wrong? And what advice do you have for me? And as you can imagine, the right and wrong answers varied greatly. You know, uh, and um, what I learned from that is this: is that just because something works. In one area of the country doesn't not necessarily mean it's going to work somewhere else. So um, most of the time, mistakes that were made were mistakes that pastors would move from one part of the country to another, and they would they would just assume what worked there works here, and it doesn't it doesn't always work that way. So um, the the advice part was very interesting to me. what advice would you have for me? And I expected when when we started this process, I expected that answer to vary greatly. But what we found was that I would say probably 90% of the time the answer was exactly the same or very, very close to being the same. anybody know what it is huh no what their advice to me yes okay no no okay they, what they what their advice to me across the board like I said at, at least 90 percent was very very simple just walk with God just walk with God had a had an old pastor this he he has he's home with the Lord now but he he uh, he actually pastored in Reno the Reno Baptist, uh, te- temple Reno's Reno Baptist temple um, they're off of Longley and right after we moved here <clears throat> I called him and said, hey, I'd like to come and see you and spend some time with you and and uh, he said, yeah, absolutely so I drove into Reno and spent some time with him, and and I asked him my three questions. I said, What did you do right? And what did you do wrong? And I said, What advice do you have for me? And he said something to me that I have never, and I will never forget. He looked at me as we were driving down the road. He looked at me and he says, Rick, keep your tank full. Okay, that's an interesting statement. But immediately I thought of something. When he said that, immediately a, a memory popped into my head. How many of you remember full-service gas stations? Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I used to, when I was a teenager, I worked at a full-service gas station. And, uh, you know, people would pull in and you hear the little ding ding as they came in and you'd run out and, uh, you know, they'd roll down the window and they'd say, fill her up or, you know, whatever. Give me $2, you know, whatever. And then you, you owe me to check your oil and, you know, and all of that. Well, th- I had this, this regular customer, this guy, this guy would come in all the time. He had a, he had this really neat, um, 50, mid fifties pickup truck. Chevy. It was a Chevy pickup truck. And he was, uh, from the looks of the truck and uh, the way he dressed, he was probably a a, a rancher or something along that line. Uh, And, uh, you know, every, every three or four days, he would come in, and he'd roll down his window, and he'd say, fill her up, boy. And I'd, you know, pull the cap, and I'd start it, and I'd check his oil and wipe his, clean his window, and, but what was amazing to me is it was always just a few gallons, and then, so after a while, you know, you know a month or so of doing this, I, you know, I got to know him, and we would talk, and I asked him one time, I said, <clears throat> why don't you ever let your tank You know, go in, you know. And he said something at the time I didn't understand, but I understand now. But at the time, yeah, I was, you know, 16 years old. I didn't understand it. He looked at me and he said this He said, Son, I learned a long time ago it's just as easy to keep the top half full as it is the bottom half. You now as a 16-year-old kid I'm like duh you know that's kind of but as an adult even now even to this day in fact I looked at my truck on the way to church tonight and I'm below a half a tank and I'm I was in panic mode <laughs> and and that's you know as a result so when 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 my pastor friend looked at me and he said Keep your tank full. I knew immediately what he was talking about. Now, was he talking about my gas tank and my vehicle? No. No. He's talking about my spiritual tank. In other words, what was he telling me? Walk with God. You 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 can't pour out what you don't have. Recently, well, I shouldn't say recently. It was almost a year ago. I think it was in. Didn't we go to Ambassador in January? Last January, I went to my alma mater, and I spoke what three times, three, three different, three different times. And in one of the, the one of the times that I spoke, uh, there was a Q and A Q&A time. Uh, so I I I spoke, and then we had question and answers. And and a young man stood up in the audience who. His training to be a pastor, and he said to me, "Pastor, what advice do you have for us?" And I looked at this young man, and what did I tell him? Keep your tank full. (laughs) He looked at me like I had two heads. Like, huh? And so he says. So then I, I, I just kind of let it sit. I didn't really say anything. And then, then I think it started to dawn on these young men. Um, and <clears throat> then he, he said, I have another question. And I said, I said, sure, what is that? He says, how do I keep my tank full? I said, walk with God every day. I said, you're going to find yourself in situations where, as a pastor, where you're going to have to be able to pour out into people's lives on, a, on the drop of a dime. You're going to get a phone call in the middle of the night. Uh, somebody, uh, 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 somebody in your church is going to have uh, passed away, and, your spouse, and their spouse needs you now. And you're not going to have the luxury of of telling this family member, oh, hey, okay, I'll be there in an hour. Let me get up, take a shower, read my Bible, pray, and I'll be over in a little while. No. You're going to have to get up right then and go. And your tank better be full. Because you're going to have to be able to pour out. walk with God every day, all day long. And as I have thought about that saying, the reality is this, and I'm guilty of this as well. We know this principle intellectually, but do we always practice it? Do we always practice it do we always oh, I'll, I'll read my Bible later I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pray later I'll I'll do wh- whatever later I, I'm into I, I'm I, I slept late whatever the dog ate my homework I don't know you know just you fill in the blank I mean we bought a Christmas present for someone and the dog took off with it today it was a little stuffed animal <laughs> she's chasing the dog around trying to get the animal back you know know what I mean you never know what's going to happen are you ready to pour out because that's what people need people need us to be able to pour out and we can't pour out if we haven't put in Let's look at Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Let's start reading in verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. And then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, okay, so let's stop right there. What What is the situation that Jesus is in here? Okay, they are trying to trap him. Okay, they're trying, these lawyers are trying to come up with a question that, excuse me, that they can ask him that will get him in trouble. Okay, verse 36 is the question. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus says unto them, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for this time together. Thank you for your love. And Lord, we ask as we look at your word tonight that you would encourage us, that you would strengthen us, but Lord, more importantly, that you would Use this time to help us make decisions. And Lord, help us to have full tanks. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just as we need full tanks in our vehicles, we need spiritual, spiritual full tanks. Tonight I want to help with that. Um, the title of my message is uh, "Filling Our Tanks." Filling our tanks, and uh, kind of a weird title for me, but <clears throat> you know we live in a world today that seems totally out of balance, does it not? Wrong is right, and right is wrong, and you know it's it's just it's just crazy what's going on in some in some parts of the world right now people's priorities are all mixed up and you know and as I was as I was thinking about this I would I thought back to my college days and and many of the 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 um, classes that I were in and and uh, the the preaching that I heard and different things I heard things like well your priority needs to be soul winning telling people about Jesus that needs to be your number 1 priority then I would hear a sermon on obedience no your number one priority is obedience obedience you just obey god and and you know god that's what you need to do and then you know you heard you know messages on service and you know you need to just serve god and 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 you know and as i have kind of been through through all of this there's nothing wrong with any of those things telling people about Jesus Christ or or being obedient to God's will for your life or or serving God. The, the, not only are there's nothing wrong with those things, those are all good things. But is that the main thing? See the reality is this. I can I can do all three of those things and not walk with God. I can tell people about Jesus Christ and not be and not walk with God. I can be obedient and not walk with God. I can do the service of the ministry and not walk with God. In fact, let me go take it one step further. I've done all three of those and not walked with God. But what good does it do? If I'm not walking with God, then I'm just going through the motions. See, the key here is walking with God. So, number one, love God. Love God. There are three different words in Scripture that are used or, or that are translated uh, love or charity uh, in our Bibles today. Uh, these three Greek words that are translated love or charity, um, are the first Greek word is the word Philadelphia, which means brotherly love. Let me read the different definition. Brotherly love, uh, to love, uh, love of brother or sister. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, the love which Christians cherish for each other uh, as brethren. So um, uh, brotherly love um the, the town of Philadelphia is, that's where they get this name from. Uh, it is not the town of brotherly love. Um, if you've ever visited there, it's a good place to die. Um, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 be ye kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. There's that word, Philadelphia, um, uh, in honoring, preferring one another. So that's the first Greek word is Philadelphia. The second Greek word is the word phileo. Phileo is a uh, to love or have affection for. Okay, this would be the kind of love that you would have between a spouse or uh, something something along that line. John chapter 11 verse 3. Therefore, uh, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest phileo is sick okay this is the word uh, phileo and then there's obviously the third word is a very very well-known word in our circles and that is the word agape and the word agape is uh, the word uh, for unconditional christ-like love uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved unconditional love the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The word love that we are talking about here in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said in verse 37, uh, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love, or agape love, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. When we love with all our heart and soul and mind, we are supposed to do so unconditionally. Unconditionally. let me let me illustrate it to you this way if if our church for a month well let's say 6 months for 6 months our church everybody in our church were to able, were was able to convert your good works into, into diamonds. I'm, I'm not talking little diamonds, but big diamonds. Everybody was able to convert. Every nice thing you said to someone, you would get a diamond. Every, every good deed that you did, you would get a diamond. And we would accumulate all of these good works or these diamonds, and we would bring them all together. After six months of everybody doing that, do you think we would have a large pile of diamonds? okay I, I, I you, you would hope so, okay? And would that would that not be an impressive amount of diamonds? Okay? But what if we were to take those diamonds and put them in a truck, a dump truck, and take them to Arizona, back up to the Grand Canyon? and dump them in the Grand Canyon. Would it be very impressive? No. No. That is what happens when we compare our love to God's love. See, we can can impress ourselves, but in the grand scheme of things, God's love is so much greater. And that's what this word agape is. That unconditional love. That love that says, you know what? I know that this person has hurt me, but I'm going to love them anyway. I know that whatever, you fill in the scenarios can be endless. That is the kind of love that God has for us. So, how do we love God? It's easy for me to stand up here and say, love God, walk with God, keep your tank full. Amen, let's go home. It's easy for me to say that, but how do we do it? God tells us here, or Jesus tells us here. In verse 37, the first thing he says is with all your heart with all your heart. The the word heart here, the Greek word, anybody know the Greek word for the word heart? No. That's Spanish. Cardia. Okay, what what word do we get in our English vocabulary from the Greek word cardia? Cardiac. Okay? But I want to read you the actual definition, the biblical definition of this word heart. It is the inner self, never the literal body part. So this is this word heart here is not talking about that thing in your chest going boop 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 boop. Okay, it is talking about your inner self. This this, this is a reference to the area of the inner self. Whenever you see this word heart in Scripture, and it's the Greek word cardia, even though that's where we get the the English word cardiac from, it is not referring to your physical heart. It is talking about that innermost being part of, of you. We could say that the heart is the dwelling place of the will. It is the place where we make choices. It is the place that we choose to love God. And he says to choose to love God with all your heart, with all your inner being. Not just part of it, but all of it. James chapter 1 Verses 23 to 25. It says, "For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, and for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continuing therein, he, being not a hearer only, but a doer of the works of the work, this man." shall be blessed in his deed. This is the man who loves with all of his heart. Basically, it is the difference between knowing and doing. We can know God, but if we love him, we will love him with all of our hearts. With all of our hearts. This letter B. He says here in verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. The word soul here is it is the it is the dwelling place, if you would, for your emotions and 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 where where you have relationships with people. When, when, you, when you have a broken relationship with someone, it is that emotional hurt that we all feel. That is your soul. And he says that we are to love him with all of our heart and all of our soul, all of our emotional relationship ability. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to be fully committed to that relationship. All of your heart and all of your soul. Jesus healed the blind man in John chapter 9 and the jewish the jewish leaders were getting really mad at this blind the this former blind guy because he was going around telling everybody about what Jesus did and and the religious leaders come to him and they and they they wanted him to denounce Christ but say god is the one who healed well in essence god is the one who did heal but they that's not what they were meaning they were trying to get him to acknowledge that it was God who healed. And in, in other words, that the Jewish religion is—it was the basis of his faith. But I love what this man says. He, his reply to the Jewish leaders. In John chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, it says, Then again, called they uh, the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner referring to Jesus Christ. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that, that whereas I was blind, now I see. It's our relationship with Him and not religion that changes us from the inside out. I was talking with somebody recently who grew up in a very difficult situation, I guess you would say. I don't know how to say it. But religion or Christianity was kind of pushed down its throat and and he and he and he's pushing back on my attempts to tell him about Jesus and the fact that Jesus loves him and wants him to get saved and and he, you know and I told him I said look I said this is not about religion this is about the fact that Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you that's all this is about And this man in John chapter nine, that's that's what he had. He had a relation. He, he met Jesus. and it was Jesus. He said, I, "I'm not a theologian. I can't answer your questions. All I know is that once I was blind but now I see. It's about relationship. So step number one, do what you know is right. How do we walk with God? Do what you know is right. Step number two is just simply walk with God. Have that time. Have that relationship with Him. And then let her see. With all thy mind. Verse 37 again. And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. The mind is the place of our attitude, our sense, our impulse. It's, the mind is the dwelling place of our understanding. It is the place where we process information. It is the place where we understand truth and believe and Jesus here tells us that we are to, to take all three parts of us, our soul, our mind, and our bodies, and, and we are to worship God wholly with all three parts. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the Bible says that God made us in his image. Does, what does that mean? Does that mean that we look like God or <laughs> okay okay John okay okay God God is what uh, the theological term is that God is tripartite okay you have God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's how God made us. He made us tripartite. We have a mind, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And those three things, and and what is, and Jesus says here this, he says, in other words, what what is Jesus saying in verse 37? God wants all of you. He doesn't want just part of you, he wants all of you. And he doesn't want he doesn't want part of your soul he wants all of your soul. He doesn't want part of your heart he wants all of your heart. And he wants all of your mind. Everything that is within me. Everything that is within you. He wants. Everything about us should cry I love God. It should not be a secret amongst your co-workers that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. It should be well known amongst your family members and your co-workers that that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he wants all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your heart. Psalm chapter 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Psalm chapter 138, verse 1, I will praise Thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praises unto Thee. So, step number one, do what you know is right. Step number two, simply just walk with God. Step number three. Give him your all. Point number two gets a little more difficult. It's it's it, it, it's it, it is how do I want to say this? I think it's an it's an easier concept. For us to understand our need to keep our tanks full. You follow me? But Jesus doesn't stop there, he goes on. Look at verse, <clears throat> well, let, let's read verse 37 again. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, point number one, we need to love God. Point number two, we need to love others. Again, verse 39. The word love. What Greek word do you think that is? Agape. It's not phileo. It's not Philadelphia. It's agape. And the reality is this. You cannot, you cannot divorce Loving God and loving others. You cannot say, I love God, and have hatred in your heart. You cannot do it. If you are going to love God, you are going to love others. The two go hand in hand. And that is exactly why Jesus says this all the law and the prophets. These two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. How do we love others? Talk to me. How do we love others? Like Jesus loved us, okay, but, okay, sacrificially, but, I mean, practically, how, how do we do it? How about sharing the gospel? Is that a way to love others? Absolutely. What's another way? Huh? Listening. Listening. Just being there when somebody needs a somebody to listen to. Caring heart, doing things. Being kind, knowing that a, your unsaved neighbor has a need, and being willing to meet that need without compensation. Understanding that maybe someone in the church or maybe outside the church, a friend, a, a coworker, whatever, is having medical medical uh, issues, and hey, m- making up a meal, taking it over to them, and say, hey, you know what? I just want to let you know I care about you. I'm sorry? Yeah, finding finding a need and saying, Hey, you, you know, you need to write to the doctor? Absolutely, I can take you. You know, that is showing love to others. As you love how does how does Jesus tell us to love others? Right there. Thou shalt love thy neighbor. As thyself. Is there is there anybody here who hates themselves? I mean, there are times I get upset at myself, but you know the truth is, even when I'm mad at myself, I still get up in the morning and I'll brush my teeth and and take a shower and shave and feed myself and you know. So in reality, I kind of still like myself. In fact, I feed myself a lot. I must be. (laughs) Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. But I say unto you, which here, love your enemies and uh, do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them that despitefully use you. You know what? Most of us, me included, would like to take a a marker, a black marker, a permanent marker, and just those verses right out of our Bibles. Why? That is hard to do. People that despitefully use you, people that you know hate you, you're supposed to love. That's hard to do. In other words, you know what? I'm here to tell you, that's radical teaching. When Jesus was talking this way, that was radical teaching. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them that despitefully use you. That is not normal human behavior. That is supernatural behavior. How then, how, how can we love like that? We can only do it when our tanks are full. You understand? See, we can't do it on an empty tank. Probably not even on a half full tank. But if we have a full tank, because of the power of God in our lives, we can do it. It's supernatural. But, before Jesus dies, before, before he goes to the to the grave and goes to the cross and goes to the grave and then before he raises before all that happens Jesus does something that makes it even worse he ups the ante John chapter 13 verse 34 a new commandment give I unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. Whoa, that changes everything. Do we love like Jesus loves? I'll tell you what, I. it's a good thing that I'm not God there would be dead people all over the place. Why? Because my my love is limited. But when my tank is full, I can love like Jesus. Agape love. Unconditional love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 11. "Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If you were to take well let's 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 read verse 40 again. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What what does that what does verse 40 mean? In a practical sense, what does verse 40 mean? Talk to me. Anybody? It's it's really not it's really not complicated. <laughs> it does. It takes care of all of the other commandments. All the prophets, everything. In other words, if you could take this book, the intent and the uh, the words and everything in this book and boil it down to a single verse, It would be verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love God, love others. That's a powerful statement. How do we do it? It's hard. You may even, you may even, may even be sitting there thinking, "No pastor, that's not hard. It's impossible." It's not impossible because we're told to do it. Not easy but it it requires us to walk with Him. So in closing, step number one, do what you know is right. Step number two, simply just walk with God. Number three, give Him and others your all. Love God, love others. That is how you can keep your tank full in 2024. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for all you do in our lives. and Lord, I thank you for the the people that you've brought into my life that have taught me so much. I'm so thankful and grateful for for all that you do. We ask, Lord, as we uh, conclude our service that you would challenge us, that you would help us to be more like you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let, let me just ask this and then